Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. As the Lord Jesus said in, in, in Luke, as it says about him, rather, in Luke eleven seventeen, Luke eleven seventeen. But he, Jesus, but he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. So it's, and it's these thoughts that are, that of man that are in his head that God sees that sin, that sin. That's what it says in Proverbs 24, 9. Proverbs 24, 9. The thought of foolishness is sin. So the Lord Jesus, along these lines, of, of, of condemning thoughts and saying that's sin, that's what he meant when he said in Mark 7, Mark 7, 21. Mark 7, 21, for within, out of, the, uh, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile the man. That's why the Lord Jesus spoke about hating and lusting as thoughts, as sin. He said in Matthew 5.28, Matthew 5.28, but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. So he, he says the thought of adultery makes a person guilty of the sin of adultery. And this was God's great complaint against Israel when he said that, you know, he said, I'm stretching out my arms to Israel. He says, all day long. This is a very tiring thing. In Isaiah 65, 2, Isaiah 65, 2, he says, I have spread out my hands all the day unto a rebellious people with, which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts, after their own thoughts. So there's Israel with no thought, no consideration for God, and God is stretching out his, his hands to them, for, for them to do, he says, just do what I say, which is in Isaiah 43, 26, Isaiah 43, 26, when he says, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. So God is pleading with Israel for Israel to just put God in their head, put God in their mind, put God in their remembrance. And what Joseph is doing here by nourishing them is he's putting God in their hearts. He's putting God in their minds and their remembrance when he says, am I in God's place? He's saying to his brothers, turn your eyes to God. Now, what he's doing here is he's, he's encouraging his brothers. He said, look up, look up to God you know, with your repentance because, because everything that, that his brothers were doing was all on the horizontal plane. 
I mean, they were just looking at Joseph and they were saying, man, we got to get this right. And so they, I mean, they talked about, the brothers talked about God and, 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 and they, they even, they said, boy, I think God's judging us. You know, in, in Genesis 44, 16, Genesis 44, 16, Judah said, what shall we say unto my Lord? What shall we speak or how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the, the, the iniquity of thy servants. So they're talking about God. They're talking what he's doing to them. And then they, they go on in another place in Genesis 42, 21. Genesis 42, 21. They said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us. So they're realizing they're guilty. Guilty before who? Before God. So they know they're guilty before God. They're talking about God has caught us and, and, and got a hold of them. Talk about how God is judging them for their sin against Joseph. And, and, and they talk about it among themselves. They talk about it to Pharaoh. They talk about it to, to, to uh, I mean, not to Pharaoh. They talk about it to actually Joseph in disguise. Okay. And, 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 but it's all horizontal. It's all horizontal. They talk about how God is judging them among themselves. Horizontal talk. But the tragic, sad truth is that we never read that they talk directly to God about it. We don't read about any prayer about their sin. They only talk horizontally about their sin. They never talk vertically to God about their sin. Such a contrast with King David, on the other hand, who who had a lot to talk about, but anyway, not good stuff. But in Psalm 51.4, Psalm 51.4, David prays to God, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. So, but, so, so this is a great need for the brothers to start talking to God, to start looking up to God. So Joseph saw this great need. He saw that, boy, my brothers have no relationship with God, and they never talk to God in, about their sin. So when Joseph says, am I in the place of God, in verse 19, this is Joseph saying to his brothers, boys, you need peace with God more than you need peace with me. Bring your words, bring your words of wanting peace to God. And, 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 and you need forgiveness from God more than you need forgiveness from me. Bring your, your request for forgiveness to God. So this is, this is never easy. It's never easy for a person to turn their eyes to God. Uh, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink, you know. So, because this has to come from within the person. You can't force a person to do this. You, you know, you can't say, okay, get up, we're going to church now, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and this is what's so beautiful about how Joseph so skillfully tried to get his brothers to turn, the, turn themselves to God, and it does it by this question, am I in the place of God? So Joseph says that, Joseph is hoping that the brothers are, are going to say, God, hey, yeah, now, we never thought about God with, the, with our sin. Maybe we need to start talking to God uh, about our sin. And, and that's Joseph's goal uh, behind what he's doing here when he says, am I in the place of God? He's trying to get them to think of what is the place of God? What is the place of God? Vengeance? Yes, that's God's place. Vengeance belongs to God. And what's more important to God than vengeance it's forgiveness. He, he, he's saying, 
he's, he's, he's trying to get his brothers to understand the truth that uh, uh, of Psalm 130, verse 3. Psalm 130, verse 3. If thou, Lord, shouldst mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. Now, so there's something that's more important than vengeance to God, and it's mercy, it's forgiveness, it's mercy. It says in, in Psalm, again, 103, 17, same Psalm, Psalm 103, 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. So, and as, as a matter of fact, you have the Ten Commandments, which are really, we call them Ten Commandments, I call them Ten Condemnations. Because really, that's what they are. You know, because it's a Ten Commandments, like a big finger that comes out to it, and you, 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 this one, this one, this one. You know, you know, you get to the first commandment, you're low, you're really needing nassau. You're really just really bowing down here. Says, oh man, you know. I I told you in the synagogue we used to have the Ten Commandments over the ark on the wall, and it all starts with the word low, low, low. Don't do this, don't do that. You you look at there, you go. Anyway. So right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, God said about himself, this is the Nassah, this is the lifting up. Right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, Exodus 20, verse 6, he says, God is showing mercy unto thousands of them that love him. Mercy. And that's the Nassah in the Ten Commandments. That's to encourage them to read the Ten Commandments and realize, say, when people look at the Ten Commandments, I don't have a chance then God says, yes, you do, because there's plan B. And plan B is mercy. Plan A, you keep this law perfectly. Okay, plan B, you receive mercy from God, and then you let him work in your heart so that you'll want to do the law. So when Joseph asks his brothers the question, am I in the place of God? He's nourishing them with the most important guidance that they needed, which was to turn to God with this very, very wise question that he's come up with. Very, very piercing question, am I in the place of God? Now, here's how it worked. Here's the wisdom of his redirecting question when he says, am I in the place of God? Boys, do I look like God? You know, and, and, and here's how the wisdom, here's how it worked out. Okay, he says, uh, boys, uh, you, you're coming to me asking me to not take vengeance on you, which is what they were doing, verse 15. And, and, and Joseph is saying, what? He says, am I in the place of God? You should be going to God and asking him to not take vengeance on you. Beautiful question that redirected them back to God. You know, he, when he's this question, he's saying, boys, you're coming to me and bowing in submission before me, which they did in verse 18. What? Am I in the place of God? You should be going to God and bowing before him. Beautiful question. Redirecting them. You know, or, uh, boys, you're coming to me and you're begging for forgiveness, which they were in verse 17. What? Am I in the place of God? You should be begging God for forgiveness. Again, beautiful way he did that. Boys, you're coming to me and you're wanting peace, which is verse 17. What? Am I in the place of God? You should be going to God to have peace with God. Beautiful question. And, and boys, you're coming to me with your confession, which they did in verse 17. They said what they did was evil. Well, they said, what? Am I in the place of God? You should be going to God confessing what you did as evil to him. A beautiful question. 
And then, boys, you're coming to me, and you're telling me you're, you're my slaves now. You're my servants, which they did in verse 19. He says, what? Am I in the place of God? You should be telling God that you are his servants. Beautiful question. Beautiful question. Am I in the place of God? So his question in verse 19, am I in the place of God, was beautiful because it took all of what they wanted and it redirected them to go first to God. It took all of their needs that they had stated in these, what they were doing. And, 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 and it was directing them. To, they, they had these needs and they were coming to Joseph. And Joseph was directing them to go to God with this wonderful question. You know, they needed to go to God for a promise from God that he was not going to take vengeance on them. They needed to go to God to bow in submission to God. They needed to be forgiven by God. They needed to have to make their peace with God. They needed to confess their sin to God. And they needed to promise to God that they would be his servants. And that's why Joseph's question in verse 19 is so beautiful when he said, am I in the place of God? Because it nourished their souls. Now, we look at that and we draw out lessons for ourselves because we see that what, what Joseph is doing with this very gentle, very tactful, question, am I in the place of God? It's an illustration to us of what the servant of the Lord must do, must do. And as it says in 2 Timothy 2.24, 2 Timothy 2.24, the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient. That's the hardest part. So that question, am I in the place of God? Joseph is not striving with them, you know, he's not saying, get up, go to church. He's not striving with them. He's being gentle with them, and he's teaching them, and he's being, and, 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 as, opposed to, as opposed to him saying, what's the matter with you, you dumbbells? Get yourself over to God. He's not doing that. So working with souls, the souls of others, it requires a skillful tact that we see Joseph doing here, it requires gentleness because the goal is to get the horse to, to want to drink the water, you know, <laughs> to want to see God. It reminds me of a person one time that was working for Israel Restoration Ministries, and he was in the home of some Jewish people, and, uh, <clears throat> and they just put him on the spot, and they say, are you trying to convert us? <laughs> he says, what? No. He says, are you trying to convert us? And he, and, and he had a beautiful answer. He says, no, I'm just trying to spark your curiosity. Great answer. Because that's what Joseph is doing here with this question, am I in a place of God? He's trying to spark their curiosity by getting them to, ask, getting them to, to question, God, why are we not thinking about God? Why are we not going to God with all of our needs for forgiveness and peace? And whenever we take a person, whenever we work with a person, you need to take them from where they are with their perceived stated needs, as these brothers had, and gently and tactfully redirect them to God for those same needs, for those same needs. Then we're being like Joseph, and we're nourishing the soul of another person. So Joseph sees his brothers coming to him for peace, and, 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 and he says, am I in the place of God? And Joseph is trying to teach them the truth that in, in uh, the truth of Proverbs 16.7. Proverbs 16.7 says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And as far as giving the brothers the assurance 
that they really were at peace with Joseph, Joseph was, that, that Joseph was not going to give, uh, take revenge on them, when he said, am I in the place of God? The brothers immediately were no longer afraid of Joseph because they knew Joseph was saying that he would not take God's place and take vengeance on them. And when Joseph, and when they saw Joseph put their sin in God's domain, they knew that Joseph was not going not gonna, to not gonna, uh, judge, do judgment. So when they saw Joseph doing that, they realized he's perfectly loving us. He's perfectly loving us, and they're no longer afraid because of what it says in 1 John 4.18. 1 John 4.18 says, perfect love cast out fear, cast it out. That's Joseph. That's Joseph. He met hatred. When hatred, he, met, he, he, he replied to hatred with love. And here was his brothers. They hated him. And he returns love for their hatred and directs them to God. There's Potiphar's wife. She hated him. And he returned love for her by redirecting her to God, by asking her the question, how, how can, how can uh, this great wickedness be done to God? This is Joseph. He's meeting hatred with love. He's returning uh, love for hatred, which is a perfect illustration of what the Lord Jesus taught in Luke 6.27. Luke 6.27, when the Lord said, but I say unto you, uh, I say unto you, which here, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you, pray for them that despitefully use you. So the brothers heard Joseph say, am I in the place of God? And they knew, at that point when they heard that, they thought, oh, we have perfect reconciliation with Joseph now. We have perfect reconciliation with Joseph. This is wonderful. Because, because they heard Joseph say that he would not dream of taking uh, 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 the place of God and, 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 and do judgment or God who turned it into such a great blessing. So when it says in verse 21, he comforted them, he comforted them. It, it, Joseph gave the greatest comfort to them that he possibly could when he really elaborated to them that he has forgiven them and that he was at peace with them. That's a perfect picture of what God says to Israel in, in Isaiah 40, verse 1. Isaiah 40, verse 1, God says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. Her iniquity is pardoned. Uh, <clears throat> now, that message of comfort that God sent to Israel was that the war's over. The war's over, and God has pardoned their iniquity. And, and when, um, when God and Joseph had forgiven, that meant that they, they, they let it go. They let it go. They would not bring it up again in the future. And by the way, that's an indication, uh, that, that, that's an indication for you and I that, uh, of whether or not we've really forgiven or not forgiven a person. It all centers on whether you and I let it go, let it go. We, if we still think about it and, 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 and how another person wronged us and we won't let it go, well, it's an indication we haven't forgiven. We haven't forgiven. But Joseph, as far as Joseph is concerned, he said, I'm letting it go. Uh, I'm letting it go. Now, Joseph has just said he's not in the place of God. And now he's going to explain to them, as Jim's pointed out, he's going to explain to them what God did in his place 
And he does this with a beautiful statement that, that, that really summarizes his whole history of his relationship with his brothers in, in verse 20. In verse 20, when he, this is a summary of the whole relationship that he's had with his brothers. He's kind of a tumultuous relationship, but he says this, as for you, picture him doing this. He's pointing to all of his brothers there. As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it to good. Can you picture him doing that? He goes like this and like this. As for you, you thought evil, but God meant it to good. He meant it to good. He meant it unto good. And then he's going like this. Points to his brothers. You thought evil. God meant it to good. Then, you know, you guys here thought evil. God meant it to good. Now he takes a big finger and he says, to bring to pass this day, as it is this day, to save much people alive. See how he did it? He did it like that. So he says, you know, you thought evil, God meant it to good, to, to, to bless a, a much greater majority. That's exactly what it says in Acts. I can't remember the verse now, but it's in there. Trust me, it was there yesterday. So um, exactly what it says in Acts, I think it's 2, 226, but don't quote me. That's exactly what it says. It says, it says when, when they were speaking to the Jewish leaders, it said, you crucified the Lord of glory. You crucified, but... God's made him a savior. See? You, God, savior. That's exactly what Joseph is doing here. Okay, do we have to stop? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being who you are. And it astounds us, Lord, that when Joseph said, give, give, give God place, we heard him. We heard him say, give God the glory. And we give you the glory. The glory for uh, taking a real mess like his brothers and in our lives and making something beautiful and wonderful to come out of it. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for showing us in your Bible, in Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. 
Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, creation museum, and tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.